Drama McLeod's Daughters, episode by episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jessica Kate, and I'm the author of A Girl's Guide to the Outback, and my co-host here is New York Times bestselling author, Rachel Houck, author of The Wedding Dress, and most recently, To Love a Prince. Welcome, Rachel. Yes. How you doing? I'm good. What did you think of our episode today? This is episode 16. It's the final episode that aired in 2001. And its name, uh, its name I forgot to write down. <laughs> it's oh, here it is. Playing to win. Playing to playing win. to win. There we go. <laughs> what did you think about playing to win? I, I like this a lot. And so you and I are going to get into, of course, the details of the show. Um, but again, it was really good. Again, we're tapping into the brother's romance, like who likes who. Mm-hmm. And we're tapping a little bit into Nick and Alex's story with their dad, Harry. So there's a, there's a lot of good things there. A lot of interesting dynamics with the, that family. What's their last name? Ryan. I Ryan. still have to remember all these things. The Ryans. There's some interesting things there. And so I thought it was good. What did you think? I really liked this episode. Yeah, this is this has been a good one. Um, this one, I've got a few more details of it here. I've got my IMDb up now. It said on the 5th of December, 2001. So just before, um, I don't know if America does this, but in Australia, we always had summer TV, like the summer TV season. You wouldn't, you'd have different shows on than you had during the Sometimes. Year. Um, I, I don't even know if that that probably still happens now. I now almost exclusively watch Netflix. <laughs> I don't watch free to air anymore. Um, and the description says it's all fun and games at the annual hay bale race, which Alex has won every year. But Claire and the girls are determined to unseat him, even if it means bending the rules. Now that is true for one section of the story, I guess, in the first half. But this story had a whole lot more drama than that. Um. So let's let's just jump straight into it. I don't I don't think I can hint at the drama without spoiling too much. I yeah, know. I agree. Let's just go. Yeah. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so my first note here was in all caps. I was very happy that Nick's was the first face that we saw because I was like, yes, this is going to be a Nick episode, the best kind of episode. Woohoo! <laughs> and the the previously on was telling us the story about how Nick got his limp. So um, the boys, when they were young, ran off to a rodeo that they weren't supposed to be at. Nick was only 15. Alex was older. And Nick rode a bull that was too big for him. It smashed up his leg. He was very hurt. He was in the hospital for a long time. And it's greatly affected Alex's relationship with his father because um, Alex believes that both Nick and their father, Harry, blame him for Nick getting hurt, ending his rodeo career, meaning he can't ride horses anymore. And uh, that's really impacted their dynamic. And then we jumped to a funeral, um, which I didn't expect. All the McLeod girls and their employees and the Ryans are all at a funeral for uh, a member of their community. It was a man who was only, uh, Harry says that he was only a year younger than Harry. So he died young. Um, We're not sure what from. Uh, Terry's there as well. And the grieving widow is there. So we see that Claire and Nick are talking after the funeral. Um, I love seeing their friendship. I know that I'm the one who's cheering for Claire and Alex, but I still love watching Claire and Nick's friendship. So I was really happy to see that. And they were talking about how um, someone called, I think it was L.M. Sweetums, was headhunting Nick. um, Yes. Trying to get him to a job. Now, I'm not exactly sure what like who this employer was, if they ran a property or if they did something else. I don't think, I don't know if I missed it, Rachel, but did they ever make clear in the episode what the position actually was that they were 
headhunting Nick for? Not at all. I don't even know what Sweetums is. So, yeah, neither do I. <laughs> uh, I'm assuming another a ranch. Now, for me, I notice in this episode, Nick's limp is getting a little bit more pronounced than I remember in the past, but maybe it's because I'm aware of it and I know about it. So, um, yeah, this tells you about know. my powers of observation. I forgot again that he's met to limp. <laughs> I didn't notice it yes. at all. <laughs> I did notice it this time. And I, yes, and we are talking about, um, uh, what, who is Sweetums? Um, that's actually, we call people that in the States. I don't know if you guys do. We're like, Hey, Sweetums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm like, this doesn't sound like a very farming community to me, but maybe it is. And also I wanted to add, there's another interesting introduction to Meg and Terry in this episode. So stay tuned mm-hmm. for more of that. So Meg tends to con- continues to be a very interesting character with a lot of interesting backstory. A woman of mystery. Is she is name. a woman of mystery for sure. <laughs> yes. Um, and also I find it interesting. I made the assumption when hearing about Nick getting headhunted for this job, I assumed that it was not actually like physical labor, working a farm or even managing a farm, like what he does at Kalani. I assumed that it was some kind of agricultural business, but it was more a businessy strategy kind of side to things, maybe even an office job uh, rather than actually running a physical property. So yeah, now I'm like, oh, well maybe, maybe they were like headhunting him to be the manager of a property, but yeah, that's what I had the feeling of term headhunting in a corporate setting. Usually I wasn't picturing like, you know, Maybe it's a corporation that's running some The corporate side, yeah, the corporate side of ranching, um, because we do have that. So, yeah, yeah, interesting to see how that develops as time goes on. Yeah, that's a really growing thing out here. I feel like I heard less about it back then, but also I was a child and wasn't paying attention. Um, But now it certainly is a thing that a lot of land is being bought up, not by individual farming families, but by super funds and by international investors and by large corporations. And they're just putting on managers and stuff like that. We have a lot of that here. Most of the farms are owned by corporations. Mm -hmm. Um, So in all this process of talking about Nick's potential job, it comes up, Nick mentions that Alex is getting Kalani. So Nick doesn't really have a reason to stick around there. It's not his future. And he's quite casual about that. And this brings up something that the episode then dives further into. And I liked it because it is a very, this is a real, this isn't drama being played up for the show. This is real drama that happens in lots and lots of farming families. Dare I say most farming families, the issue of succession because it is hard to split up a family property. Um, some kids want to be farmers. Some kids don't. How do you make it fair? Some people don't care about making it fair. Harry is a case in point. He is just giving the property to his older son and his youngest son gets nothing apparently. So, um, and the resentment that that can and does build in families is dreadful. So this is, this is a real thing. I agree with that 100%. And again, I was confused. I want to also insert here in this open introduction, we find out that Meg has inherited something from the deceased. From the deceased. He, she was named in his will. And we see right before the intro that she inherited a rooster, a, a leghorn rooster. So, Not just a rooster, a prize-winning rooster who wins prize- every year at the local show. Yes, a prize-winning rooster. And so everyone's in a conundrum and puzzled about how she got this. 
Now, going back to the story between Harry, Alex, and Nick, one of the things, again, that puzzled me a little bit was, if Harry's so mad at Alex, why isn't he favoring Nick here? And I know there's the whole firstborn secession and all of that. I appreciate that. But he seems to favor Alex, but there seems to be this resentment, or Alex feels that he's resentful. Nick's kind of blissfully moving along, thinking, and in my way, he feels kind of like he's dad's favorite. He doesn't seem to get as much of his dad's wrath as Alex. Mm. But, and there's one scene in here where he bosses them around. I think it's after the funeral. They're just sitting around relaxing. He's like, no, get on, get on. And I'm like, these are like 30 year old men and you're treating them like they're 12. But I think that went to Harry's personality. But anyway, so a little bit, I'm confused why Alex is the one who inherits everything when there's this blame tension happening but yeah uh, we will find out later actually in the episode what really happened very much and it shows like even harry bossing the boys around like that shows the complicated dynamics of these family businesses because i agree a long time they've built this it's their baby it's not you know as much as they want the sons to carry on their legacy they also often are unwilling to hand over the reins and so you have this situation where grown men are being treated as you know younger than they are or they're not getting to be the boss where perhaps their father was running his own property at 30 um they are tied into the family business so they're not getting to go off and do their own thing but they're also not getting to run the family one either and again all real drama that happens in australian farming families every day Yeah. But, you know, I think probably too, a little bit Harry's feeling, they made the point of saying that the guy who died was only a year younger. Mm. And so I think he's feeling a little bit of that, his immortality. Yeah. He's very confronted by the thought of death in this episode. Yeah. Yes, Mm. he is very much so. Um, And one other important thing to learn that that this first scene sets up, this first scene did a lot of work. We learn about the annual hay bale race that happened once. Yes. the farmer, Max, who died, he once had, I think he, they said he had rain coming and they had to get the hay in from the paddock. This is hay that's baled in very small 25 kilo bales, um, not your big, you know, half a ton bales. And so apparently all the farmers came around and they ran and they just picked up the bales and ran them into the shed. Now, <laughs> I question the realisticness of this anecdote, but it is a nice anecdote. And this apparently is the reason why they now have an annual hay bale race that raises money for charity. And it's, it's a nice idea. And I have to say, as much as I think, mm, I don't think, if, I don't think all the neighbors would have gathered and physically run the bales in. Also, it's not unrealistic to think that this is the kind of thing that they now have made an annual town event out of because I have paid more money to go to stupider events in the past that were less entertaining. <laughs> The Finley Tractor. I agree. One of them, <laughs> where you pay twenty bucks to sit there and watch big souped-up tractors pull heavy weights and see how far they can go before they get stuck. <laughs> it's not that exciting. It creates a huge hole in the ozone layer, I'm sure, but there's not a lot happening, so we went. <laughs> so you went. I'm sure you guys have seen monster truck rallies that we have in the states. You probably have them there too. Oh, I've been to monster big trucks. That was actually little fun. trucks. Little trucks with big tires trying to run over things. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> oh, that was that was a lot more exciting than the tractor pull was. <laughs> um, yeah. And and Alex. What farmers the do champion. to entertain themselves? <laughs> yes. Yes, Alex, the reigning champion. 
Alex, Alex has won this, this thing every year for like the five years that it's been happening. And in fact, is known as the human forklift, apparently. <laughs> um, <laughs> and awesome. I think the... The funeral closes out with the suspicion, the, the rumour is going around, I believe, that Meg had a relationship with the guy who has died. I believe his name was Max uh, because they, people just can't figure out why she was left this rooster and everyone's first thought, maybe Meg has had a bit of a reputation from when she was younger because everybody leaps to the conclusion that they had an affair, including the widow. And Meg has said earlier to the widow that she was really surprised that she was named in the will. She'd only ever said hi to him in town a couple of times. She didn't even really know him and no one seems to believe meg so that's because meg we all know has a secret past come on meg has had a big past and apparently it's not as secret as i probably thought it was i felt like she's so mysterious i assumed that you know no one knows about this affair with jack mcleod for all they know that she was married to jody's father they divorced and then she got with terry but i think a lot more than that has happened by the way everybody treats her in this episode 100 percent (laughs) (laughs) um so then we jump to this scene we were referring to earlier the boy the ryan boys are home it's almost dark they're relaxing in the living room harry comes in as just a complete psycho ordering them about trying to make them go and work he's obviously like freaking out that they're not going to get he's talking about all these expansions he wants to do the farm and it's pretty clear that he's worried he's going to die before he gets to accomplish everything that he wants to accomplish on well and in fact his wife says to him you're going to be with us for a long while you that you know yeah she sees like straight through it And I thought that was a bit nice to see because all we've seen of Liz and Harry's relationship so far has been the extreme dysfunction of it. Um, And it was nice to see a moment where she saw her husband, she knew exactly what was bothering him and she spoke truth into it, even though he didn't listen. Um, You know, it kind of alluded to times where maybe their relationship had been a bit healthier. Yeah, I agree. Um, And... So Tess is now talking to the girls, talking about how... So when, when the issue of this race came up, Alex gave the girls a bit of a dig. Tess asked if girls could compete, and Alex made some comment about, well, they can, but there's not much point, obviously, implying the boys are going to win. And, I mean, it is, it is a test of strength and speed. So obviously men with 30% more muscle mass in their upper bodies do have an advantage over the women, but Tess was very insulted and annoyed at Alex's ego over it and she really wants to wipe the smile off his face and so the girls come up with a plan oh yeah she accuses him of having a big ego right (laughs) yep very much she she has a plan they get a hay bale and they hollow it out so it looks the same on the outside but it weighs nothing like the 25 kilos everybody else is going to be carrying and they have a big scheme to beat everybody with it um so everybody departs for the race um i'm assuming this is like the next day or something like that um except for harry harry is going to do all the work on the farm without the boys help they go off to the race and the girls are ready to put their plan in action um i'm trying to read my notes here they don't make any sense (laughs) which scene are we up to on your watch through there well yeah, in there, in there, in this. So, yes, the boys are going to the race. Harry's going to go out and work on his own. He's like, I don't need any help. Oh. And then the mom comes out and says, Sweetums is on the phone, which I would go, is that a new girlfriend? <laughs> <laughs> yes, but they're ringing for Nick. Um, yeah, they ring for Nick. So she comes out and uh, let's see, Harry kind of tell them, you know, basically you'll go to work for him. 
So. Yeah, and Nick plays a bit dumb, like he's pretending that they're not calling for him and Harry kind of assumes, oh, they, they've been ringing so much lately. Tell them I don't want to buy anything off them. And yeah, so you kind of... Right, that's right. Yes, yeah, that's what he said. I don't think so. Nick's keeping his cards close to his chest. I realise why my notes here didn't make sense. Then um, Alex and Harry kind of roughhouse a little bit and they talk about... Yes. Harry says, don't come home unless you win that trophy. And he says everything so seriously that you're like, oh, what a tool. Like, how mean is he? And then you realise he's joking and him and Alex kind of push each other back and forth playfully but Alex knocks his dad over and <laughs> he does knock and in this conversation he does say to him why would he be looking for a job and Harry says I don't know and then now look you don't come back without that trophy mm. so there is a little bit yeah and then he does knock him down I think that was <laughs> supposed to be playful but Harry yes. went right down. I'm like, he must have, I'm going to say you were off balance because I don't think he would have fallen that quickly, but yeah, well, that's it. It certainly makes Harry look a little more frail than, um, than he would like. And then he gets on an old tractor and I even wrote here, he's on an old tractor and the dangerous kind of tractor. It's one of the old ones with no cab. It's the kind of tractor where you fall under the wheel, honestly. <laughs> um, and I was like, Oh, let's see what happens here. But we go back to the race. Um, Jody is jealous of the Miss. Uh, now here's the two ways I pronounce it. There's Glengallen. I say half the time, and then I say Gungellen the other half of the time. <laughs> I need to Google which one it is because I keep swapping between them. I'm going to write it down. I'm going to get it correct for the but next episode. But I think episode, they say it different. Hmm. They say a different. You I reckon? think they Maybe say Maybe that's different. why I keep losing it. Then, all right, I'm going to Google this, folks. I am sorry yeah. for getting it wrong. I'm going to get it right in the future. Um, Jody's jealous of her. I was but- telling Jess earlier. I'm mm. oh, sorry. Sorry, I was telling Jess earlier. I thought it sounded like Gungellen or or Gungelin. It was. Uh, I I agree with her. It's never pronounced quite the same. So yeah, and I know I've seen it written like on the pub and different things. I just ke- I keep getting those L's mixed up. Where in the word are the L's? We'll see. There we go. Um, It's Jody's job here to distract. um, Oh, he's not the judge. I think his name's Craig, the young guy. He's like in charge of the hay bales. Basically, he's keeping an eye on them, and the girls need to sneak their lighter hay bale. They're they're doing this whole scheme without Claire's knowledge because they say Claire will never agree to cheat, but they want to knock the smile off Alex's face. So they plant a the light hay bale at the back because they know that Claire's going to be the slowest, basically, that all the men will be faster than her. So they put theirs at the back. So the last one that she grabs is going to be their nice light one. So Jody works hard. She's basically this whole time, she's trying and failing to distract this guy from keeping watch over the integrity of the hay bale stack. Meanwhile, Alex and Claire are teasing each other. Claire wants to wipe the smile off his face. Um, he goes off and plays with the kids for a bit, which was kind of cute. And That was really um, cute. <laughs> it was. They ran and up the, to him like he was a hero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, I think they were all excited to watch him win a game, seemed to be my impression. And Meg cops a little bit more about gossip about her and Max Martin is the name of the dead guy. Um, and Becky says, Jody and Becky are talking about it. And Becky says, well, there's nothing wrong with a reputation. And Jody's like, it is if it's your mother's. <laughs> That's it, right. Yes. Funny. Um, and meanwhile, Terry has caught wind of the rumors and he's sniffing around asking pretty obvious questions. He's trying to be subtle, but failing completely asking about, Meg what happened what's going on he's obviously very jealous and Meg is purposely vague doesn't give him an answer and walks off so nobody's very happy in that household at the moment yeah I don't know why she's being vague 
So yeah, I think she was insulted. Uh, I that, just think that people thought she had to defend herself. I think that too, and I also feel like Meg likes to be a bit of a mystery. She does. She likes yeah. that. She she's always had the upper hand with Terry. She's always had the upper hand with Terry, and mm-hmm. I think she likes that. And she mm-hmm. likes that he's jealous here. She likes to be jealous. Yeah, and she seems insulted that people assume she's had an affair with this guy, and she's like, I shouldn't have to defend myself. You know, these people shouldn't be making this assumption. However, I mean, she had a relationship with Jack McLeod, and we don't know yet if it was an affair. Um, I don't know at what point her marriage ended. I don't know at what point his marriages ended. She was obviously around when Ruth was there, and she didn't like Ruth, but whether they were both involved with Jack at the same time, I don't know, but it, it would not... And nobody knows. Yeah, nobody no really knows. knows about her relationship with Jack. Yeah, no. But, like, it wouldn't surprise me if Meg had had an affair with a married man before. So she's kind of acting like, I don't know why everyone assumes it's about me, but it seems somewhat within the realm of possibility. <laughs> I yes, I agree. I agree. <laughs> um, maybe all her relationships were after those marriages had ended and, and she maybe she had a strong, like, code about not having relationships, like not being the other woman or anything like that. But anyway, we'll see. Maybe that's part of why she was insulted. Um, and I also noted that this kid that Jodie's trying to distract, he's the guy that she was dancing with at her party her birthday yes yes i thought it was the same guy so he has a thing for jody he's always been interested in her but despite that crush she's just completely failing at luring him away um we jump back over to the other guys nick asks where tess is this is really the only nick and tess sort of hint at anything in this episode they i don't think they even really have a scene together but i thought it was a nice little touch that he kind of walks up and just asks, oh, where's Tess? And someone goes, oh, she's up with the girls they're watching from the hay bale stack. And I'm like, oh, Nick's keeping tabs on where Tess is. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. So now is it Tess and Nick or Claire and Nick? I don't know. I do not know. Um, we... Then the girls finally uh, have some success. Jodie, in her attempt to distract the judge, tries to flash him by lifting her shirt, forgets that she's wearing a singlet top or um, Becky called it a Spencer. Maybe it was a long sleeve one, like a Spencer. And so she, all she does is show him the pink shirt that she's wearing underneath. (laughs) But um, that was her attempt. Well, it was a good try. It it was very (laughs) 10 things I hate about you kind of thing. Um, Watch that the other Yes. Um. And the race finally starts. So Claire is blatantly losing. Alex, like, is being a real show-off. He, like, lets everyone start. He kind of plays it up a bit for the kids, and then he starts running, manages to overtake everybody, beats them to the bales. Claire gets the last one, um, and then she starts to win. She's smashing them. And she's obviously – she must have felt, as soon as she picked up the bale, this bale was way too light. But – she just she leans into it <laughs> she runs past alex and is just loving the fact that she's beating him i laughed at the look on his face that was pretty funny because he's really like what the heck is happening she's flogging me and uh, i love that <laughs> it was quite funny and nick knows that something is afoot you can see as he's watching um 
and he's he comes up quickly to congratulate her once she wins. And Alex is filthy. He's like, I know that you cheated. You obviously weren't carrying the weight the rest of us are. And Nick at first is like, oh, let me check the bail. And you're like, oh, no, he's going to bust them. And then he picks up the bail and then pretends it's super heavy. And he's like, that's all fine. <laughs> she won fair and square. <laughs> I really like What's that. funny is they had to run a long way before picking up those bales. Yeah, they did. Yeah, it, was, it was a good hike. Yeah, and she was last, so for her to win even with a light bale was um fairly impressive. No, she yeah, there was like four guys behind her. Mhm. Um and then so that's like the first episode first half of this episode which was quite funny. And then the second half is like a completely different tone, but all the drama really happens here. So our very next shot is like an upside down tractor. The the old tractor that I thought looked dodgy has rolled and Harry is pinned underneath it. And again, I was like, oh, this is like, you can't accuse the show of making up extra drama here. That stuff happens so much, actually. <laughs> if you look at, um, once I was doing some training on workplace health and safety in Australia, and the most dangerous job in Australia is to be a farmer because of so much stuff like this happening. Oh, yes, absolutely. Um, so Harry is pinned. His phone is just out of reach. Um, and meanwhile, back at the farm, Alex and Nick have gotten home. Alex is talking about going back to work. They talk about, you know, oh, you're sucking up to dad. What are you sucking up for? You're getting the farm anyway. Um, Alex is like, oh, well, I lost. So <laughs> I need to at least do something to get on his good side. And the mum comes out and has been looking for Harry. Uh, they have a conversation here about Nick and the job. Um, Alex asks him straight out if he's leaving and Nick's like, well, if I get a job, I'll tell you about it then. Like basically butt out of my business, buddy. And Harry's still pinned. And then we cut back over to the girls and Harry's still pinned. Um, Claire doesn't want to cheat. She's like, yes. she won and she's not fessing up to Alex because she doesn't want to admit to him that she didn't win fair and square, but she's also like not letting herself enjoy it not displaying the trophy she hides it in but i mean does she really know i mean she's had to figure it out that it wasn't the right yeah i think it wasn't the right way it out tess is trying to make the case that alex would have done it in a heartbeat if he'd been smart enough to think of it um and so that makes it okay according she like she actually says that line like if he would have done it then i think she's right. actually right too yeah <laughs> it, was, it was funny um Meanwhile, Terry comes up and talks to Meg and says that he's sorry. What she gets up to is none of his business, which I didn't. I was like, well, if you guys are in a relationship that you have agreed is exclusive to other people, then it is your business. If if you guys have an open relationship, maybe that's a different story. But like, I, I didn't actually think, I think Terry was trying to show that he was being mature, but I didn't really see that as a sign of maturity. It sounded like he didn't really care what Meg did, but obviously the whole thing was a ploy. He then immediately tries to find out straight away again if she had any kind of relationship with Max. Um, and then the rooster attacks him. And my favourite part of this scene was that there's like rooster cam, like the camera is down at chicken level and it's like running along with the rooster. <laughs> I know, yeah, that was funny. That was good. It was good. I was like, how did they do that? <laughs> I love that Terry wanted to take out a rooster. It's like, my pride, my pride. <laughs> I'm just says, imagining get yours, the guy pal. holding the camera like down on all fours, crawling next to the rooster. <laughs> yeah, that's I funny. Know. I don't know they got its face in there. 
Um, so, and Meg, Meg is quite mean to Terry here. Yeah, he's he's fighting the rooster. Meg has been quite nasty to him, and she kicks him out, shoes him, shoes the rooster away, and off he goes, making threats against the rooster's life. He's very, he sees it as a symbol of her and Max's relationship, and is very not happy about it. And then we have the girls are out riding their boundary fence, and they spot Harry's tractor flipped over. Um, they run up to Harry, they see that the phone is busted, and so Tess decides to ride to Kalani while Claire stays with Harry and comforts him. Yes. Um, and this is the second desperate run that Tess has done to Kalani for help. And I know, I quite like the drama of all her runs to Kalani in Life and Death situations. Well, and I loved, I loved that uh, she's no longer afraid to ride. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she gallops away on her horse, which is good. Um, what I, what we didn't see, which I missed, like last time I really liked how she ran screaming into the house and Liz was rude to her and she's like, call the ambulance, da-da-da, and you sort of see that moment where Liz realises it's an emergency and she goes into crisis mode, whereas here we cut to yeah. um, everybody's already heard what's happened and this is just Liz sort of, Liz is sort of in shock and kind of doing and saying dumb things that don't make sense because she's freaking out about Harry being hurt. But we don't see the moment where she realizes that her husband could be dying right now. And that was something I missed. I really wish they had shown that. But um, anyway, we see a bit of a different angle on it this time. We kind of see her hesitating to pick up the phone, but you're not really sure why. So Mm. your husband's in distress and she's going to call the ambulance, which I loved, um, I guess a term that's an Australian term, the AMBO. Yeah. They, they didn't, she didn't want to. And so Tess is actually very puzzled by this. And then later, I think we see that it really flashes back to what happened to Nick. So let's go ahead and, and maybe we'll fill in some holes here. Yeah. She seems to have a little bit of PTSD from when, um, from when Nick was in hospital and that sort of thing. Um, and yeah, I thought it was a little odd because these were sort of different situations. But anyway, that seems to have really impacted her reaction here. Meanwhile, we cut back to the boys there out at the tractor already. Again, I really wished I had have seen, I wanted to see Nick and Alex's faces when Tess told them what had happened. So I was annoyed that we skipped that part and we just jumped straight to them being there. I wanted to see how worried and maybe the different ways they would react because they're both so different. Um, but anyway, we didn't get to see that part. They're out there and they're arguing over what to do. Nick is on the phone to the ambulance and the paramedics say not to move the tractor. Don't pick it up off him. Meanwhile, Alex is literally in the process of jacking up the tractor right now. And he's arguing that they yes. should do it. Yes. Um, and Harry, meanwhile, is in pain. He's grabbing his chest. He's saying, oh, it's not a heart attack, is it? And Alex decides um, instead of jacking up the tractor, he's going to go, he's going to take the chopper and he's going to fly and get the doctor and fly the doctor straight in because that'll be much faster than the ambulance. I imagine the ambulance is more than an hour away. Um, Meanwhile, this leaves Nick and Claire. So Tess is with Liz back at Kalani. Alex is off in the chopper. Nick and Claire are both sitting with Harry and Harry says to Nick, Kalani is yours as well. You know, he had, before Alex left, when Nick was off doing something, Harry said to Alex, Kalani is yours and made him promise to take care of it and that sort of thing. And then Alex left. And now with Nick, Harry changes his mind and says, no, I want both of you to have Kalani. I'm changing my will. Claire, you're my witness. Kalani goes to both the boys. I want you to run it together. Um, which also, <laughs> by the way, is very controlling. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you inherit something, it's up to you to decide what you want to do with it. Maybe Nick wants to buy Alex out. Maybe Alex wants to buy Nick out. Maybe they'll decide to split it in half and run it separately. Maybe they'll run it together. But people tend to fight when that happens. So, again, it was like another instance of Harry trying to control people's lives from beyond the grave this time. That's Harry. <laughs> That's Harry. Um, we go back to Liz. She's still falling apart. She's talking about making sandwiches. She's not going out to see Harry. She says she can't go. She can't do it again. Um, and at this point, I wrote in all caps, this is a great episode. <laughs> this is about the point in the previous episode where I thought, oh, I'm getting a bit bored. But this one had some really nice drama and authentic stuff that I thought was cool. Um, so go- and this one, I just want to break in here that this one is actually where we actually shoot to Liz. Her not wanting to go with the picnic basket was before the will was changed. Mm-hmm. We go back to Tess and Liz talking and she confesses that the accident all those years ago oh, was yes. Harry's fault in a way because he could have stopped them from going, but he kind of let them sneak off and do what they did because he quote wanted to teach them a lesson. Yes. And so the rodeo rang like, him. And what lesson was that? What did we learn? Yes. 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 And he could have prevented the whole thing. Yeah, she did. She called to say that the boys were there. He could have stopped them, but he, he could have said he didn't give his permission, but he wanted to teach them a lesson, which Mm -hmm. again, I agree. What lesson is that? And I was a little bit confused as to how that, I understand how that incident has bred resentment between Liz and Harry all these years, but I don't quite understand why that means Liz now doesn't want to go out and see Harry because he wasn't doing, he he didn't make the same mistake. That mistake didn't lead to him then being in this situation. So I was a little bit confused about how that tied in. I thought it was, she said she hated hospitals. And so she probably hated to see someone she loved hurt. And so she didn't want to go out and see him hurt. And it brought back the pain of what happened to her son. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I I went with resentment against him, but now he's hurt. So she can't be resentful and worried at the same time. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, so we go back to Harry. Claire is with Harry. Harry has severe chest pain. Nick says they don't move him because Claire wants to move the tractor as well. And Nick, who is very sweet usually, and it, you know, being firm is not his first choice usually. But in this case, he's very firm with Claire and he's like, he's my dad. I say we don't move him. We're not moving him. And I thought that was good because Claire's super bossy, and but she cannot boss Nick around if he really doesn't want to do something. And I like to see him stand up. No. Yes, I agree. And he says, my dad, we're not moving him, which he also stood up to Alex about. He and did, then yeah. Actually, yeah, that was actually the will part. And then now we see Terry driving up in that big red tractor. <laughs> so he's yes. come to the rescue. Well, I think, he, I think this is a little bit before that. Jess, um, Jess and Liz. So there was a point before Terry arrives with the tractor just after Harry said that both boys get Kalani. And at this point I wrote down, uh-oh, Harry is definitely going to die. I thought for sure at this point that Harry would die and that the drama oh, of the episode he- would be that the boys had conflicting information from their father. Alex would expect that he gets all of Kalani. Nick would roll up and say, hey, dad left me half of Kalani. Claire's my witness. And it would put Claire in a terrible position of being torn between two boys and that they would feud over what the actual will was because it could be contested. I thought that's where it was going. And then it completely did not go I that way. <laughs> yeah, so we do see um, in that scene with Terry showing up in the big red tractor, Harry has spit up blood into Nick's hand. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. And then we see the chapter come with the doctor and kind of say, hey, things aren't as bad as we thought. I'm going to blow up your lung with a tube. It's going to hurt. Yep. (laughs) But you're not going to die. And I agree too. I thought Harry was going to kick the bucket. I thought this was it. This is going to add some drama, but he didn't, which is also good. So. Yeah, yeah. I have to confess, I was even thinking, oh, he's going to die and they've made it so obvious that he's going to die. Like, they've set up this big conflict. I was like, oh, man, that doesn't feel super original. And then they went a completely different way and I was like, I eat my words. (laughs) Yes, but they set up for him to be even more of a... Yeah, more of a douchebag. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I didn't know if it was proper. More of a douchebag at the end. I'm like, these are your sons, man. Give Mm -hmm. a... What? Stop doing this. Mm -hmm. Anyway. Very much. All right. So Liz finally comes to her senses. Tess takes her out. Tess did a very good job of dealing with Liz's sort of irrational emotions there. So, all right. Good job, Tess. Um, I also like the detail. When Liz arrives, Tess drives her out in the ute, and they arrive on the scene. I just like the detail of there were a ton of bugs on that windshield. You have a shot through the windshield of what Tess's face is as she sees Harry for the first time. And I was like, look how authentic that ute looks. It's not some city ute that they've just chucked a bit of dirt on and put in the shot. It's covered in bugs. They've really genuinely been driving this thing around. Yeah, there's, and- there's some bug, bug guts on the windshield for sure. Yeah. I just thought it was good. Um, Liz makes it clear that she regrets telling Tess so much of their family business, and she's very harsh in sort of swearing Tess to secrecy. And Tess has a really gracious response to that. So I thought that was really nice. Yes. Um, Then we have – so Harry is taken off to hospital. It's clear the doctor has saved his life um, and he's going to be fine. So that – the tension over over his life is really gone. Once they inflated his lung, he really got better very quickly. So that was good. Um, So in the aftermath of that, once he's in hospital, Nick and Alex are talking. Nick is talking about investing in the property and staying and, like, ideas that he has for developing it. And Alex is like, oh, you're sticking around. And Nick's like, yep, there's plenty to do around here. But he never comes out and says – I'm getting half the farm now or anything like that. So that is a bit of a change. But um, at this point, we think that that that's where the episode's going and now he's going to stay. And then I didn't even see they had another twist coming. Um, But first we see Claire is at her father's grave and Tess tells Claire the story of the fact that it is Harry's fault that he could have stopped the boys and didn't. And Claire, I didn't even think about it from this angle, but Claire, her immediate reaction is, I have to go tell Alex. I know how much he blames himself for that. And I have to go tell him the truth. I can't believe that Harry kept this from him all these years. So Claire and Alex meet each other on the road. They've both been on their way to see each other, which I thought was super cute. She's obviously been on his mind as well. They both wanted to talk to each other. And Alex comes up and apologizes to Claire because he um, he realizes how terrified he was that he was going to lose his dad and that Claire did lose her dad. And he says, he's sorry. He wasn't a better friend when Jack died. And I was like, wow, that is, that was sweet. That was very sweet is rare for Alex to think so deeply about things, but he does have the potential to do it. He just doesn't show it as often. And that was a really lovely moment. Yeah. I loved that a lot too. I thought that was a good moment between the two of them, Mm -hmm. but now we're back to what's going on. But I, that was really a sensitive moment. And I, you know, in reality, that does happen. I, when my dad died and all these people sent me cards. It really made me more aware of how comforting that is mm-hmm. to actually, even people who messaged me or emailed me 
back in that day when he died in 05, it was emails. Um, he, or called, it was comforting, but didn't get that card in the mail. It's just, it does. Death or life changes make us realize how, how important we can be to other people. Mm-hmm. It does. And, and in that moment, Claire decided, um, Alex talked about how much he realized he loved his dad and he was lucky to have a dad like him and he valued him now. And Claire decided not to tell Alex, this wasn't the time to tell Alex the truth about what had really happened there. And so she kind of backpedals from what she was going to say. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but meanwhile, Meg has found her rooster and it is dead and it is a big drama. <laughs> um, <laughs> she blames Terry. <laughs> she says he has murdered her rooster. She wants to launch an investigation. Um, and they have like this big standoff. They're both on horses and they ride up to the boundary fence. Cause I think Terry works for the Ryans at Kalani, doesn't he? And that's sort of how he, he and Meg often see each other. Um, and so they, they are on their horses sort of staring each other down on either side of Kalani and drove his run and have this fight about whether or not he killed the rooster. And Meg basically just doesn't believe him and runs off and he's very annoyed. I thought I love this conversation. One, I love the way they rode up to the fences like that together. Yeah. Two, he doesn't know the rooster's dead. So he's talking to her as if the rooster's still alive. Yeah, and he then he's the end of defending the himself. Yes, that was really good. That was well done. Really clever. I liked that a lot. Mm-hmm. And then she basically kind of breaks up with him. Yeah. A bit, bit immature there, Meg. But I kind of like that. Meg is, the, you know, one of the oldest characters here, but she has a real immature streak, and it's funny that sort of contrast. <laughs> I quite like it. She's, she's just super independent. I, I love that about her. She is. Um, meanwhile, Claire and Tess, it, it's now, I assuming, a couple of days later, at least the next day, Harry's back out of hospital, and Claire and Tess drop around to Kalani bringing flowers. Tess very reluctantly. She doesn't want to. She is no fan of Harry's. But Claire, you know, they have a long-standing and complicated relationship, but it is a long relationship, and she does feel a degree of loyalty towards Harry. So um, Claire brings the flowers, gives them to Liz, sits down for a chat with Harry. Liz is very rude to Tess, and so Tess just takes herself outside because she really has no time for either Liz or Harry. And Harry has a, a quite nice, well, at least it starts out nice, um, conversation with Claire saying, oh, nice to see the daughter-in-law dropping by. And while we've heard multiple times from Claire and Nick that their fathers had always plotted to have them married, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first time we've actually heard Harry talk about it? I think so. That's what I remember. But I thought that that was very bold of him. Yeah. And, and that he's saying it makes sense. So I guess right here he's still thinking that Nick – is part of the inheritance because he's saying to her, Hey, let's just combine our forces. Yeah. You know, well, you're going to bring something to the table. You and Nick will get married and we'll be like the richest ranchers in this part of the part of town, so to speak. This was a bit of a weird conversation because um, yeah, he talks about her marrying Nick and wants talking? to combine the two properties. And then the next thing he says is that he's giving Kalani to Alex. He's changed his mind. He wants it to go to Alex. He doesn't think it will work with both of them having it. Yes. Um, And so then that 
makes the whole conversation about Nick and Claire combining the properties doesn't really make sense because Nick isn't getting that property. But anyway, maybe he wants Nick to be on Drover's Run and Alex to be on Kalani and the whole thing to be a big Ryan empire. Maybe, but he doesn't say that. And when she confronts no. him, and mm. then, she, then he says, you know, some bridges can't be mended. There's too much conflict between them. But mm -hmm. she's looking at him rightfully so like you've lost your mind you can't be leave nick out you can't leave him nothing and then she's like he's great kid he can go out there and he can make it because uh, he'll make it on his own so it's almost like he feels like alex can't make it on his known uh, on his own well, on his known <laughs> on his own but nick's fine he'll be fine but i want you to marry him yeah. And what would that and be for? What would that be for? How would that help Killarney? It doesn't make any sense. That's it. And Claire even says to him, he says, oh, Nick's a smart kid. He'll make it on his own. And yeah, and he doesn't need my help. And Claire says, and Alex does. And Harry just doesn't respond to it. Um, and he so, goes, you know how he is. He says, you know how he is. Yeah. <laughs> no, tell us, how is he, Harry? <laughs> and so Claire, I mean, it was kind of nice to see Claire here as defensive of both boys. Harry, in doing this, has managed to get offside against both his sons. He's insulted both of them. He's cutting Nick essentially out of his will. And yet he's, the fact that he's giving it all to Alex is kind of an insult to what he thinks of Alex's abilities, which I grant you may be true. I don't think Alex is any kind of strategist when it comes to farming. And I do think Nick would be better off running it but um but yeah he's real like he's really demonstrated quite a degree of harshness towards both his sons and you couldn't really say favoritism because on the one hand he's helping one not the other but on the other hand he has no faith in the one that he's helping was, yeah yeah that's true yeah that's so weird and I, also i was like man get off this thing about Claire marrying Nick. The woman has got to be 30. I mean, I think we know that she's a few years older than Tess and Tess is about, I think one episode Tess said she was 26 or something like that. So I'm picturing Claire either being 30. Well, or she's nine older. years older. So I'm thinking she's, is she she's 35. She I mean, she's older. nine years older. I thought she was six years older. I thought she was nine. Hmm, okay. Maybe they have memories on that. Anyway, there's a significant gap. They're not two years apart. We know that for sure. Um, after the conversation, Claire's so upset, she walks outside, finds Nick, and she tells him, you're not getting Killarney. And his yeah. response is really interesting. Well, that's how it works in dad's head. The oldest gets it. No worries. Mm -hmm. So, and then she just walks off. So I'm thinking. Yes. But then he very enthusiastically threw, he was loading pipe or something he into was, the back of the he, ute. He gave it a post. real... Yeah, he gave, yeah, he gave it like a real chuck in the back. And as soon as she sort yes. of turned her back, you sort of saw his expression change. And you're like, oh, that really hurt him, but he didn't want to show it to Claire. No, and she brought up the fact that he's still wanting them to get married, but she's kind of put it out there. We're friends. So Yes. Yeah. When did, when did he say that? Maybe I missed that bit. Or is it yeah, just like the vibe? She said, no, she says to him, oh, and he's still on that thing about us getting married. But she mm -hmm. comes out and says, we're friends, right? And he goes, yeah. And then she says, I'm just going to say it. You're not getting Killarney. He changed his mind. And then he goes, well, that's okay. Oh, and that's right. You know, he's still wanting us to get married. He's still on that. And he doesn't really respond. So. Yep. Yep. That's we don't right. know what he's thinking. I like how he greeted her when she walked out. He said, hey, Florence, still tending the wounded. And I was like, uh -huh, that's cute. <laughs> And so they have that conversation. You can tell he's upset, but 
and how much the opposite of Alex he is in that reaction. You know, had Alex received yes. that news, he would have exploded like a flipping volcano. <laughs> he would have, and he would have stomped off, or he would have called her a liar, or he would have gone in and confront Harry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Nick's very much a an internal person, so it'll mm-hmm. be interesting to see what they do with that. I want him to go work at the Sweetums place. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I think Nick could do great things on his own. I want to see some of that happen. I think his dad's just holding him back. I feel like Kalani is just a pit stop for Nick. He's using him. Yeah, he is. I'm just going to say it. Harry, you're using him. Yeah. Um, now, Meg is sitting by her chicken coop, and she's sad feeding her chickens. She's got a long face. She's chucking bread in very unhappily. Terry is keeps calling. Jody's sick of it. And... um. Meg is just like so into the drama of this um and they work out they're saying between them you know she's like it's not even that he killed the chicken it's that he wasn't honest about it and Jody sort of makes her see that Terry didn't do it she's like there's no way and they kind of think well who else had it in for the chicken and the penny drops that the widow had reason to hate the rooster and to hate Meg um now I did find it stretched my believability to think that the widow drove all the way out to Drover's Run, snuck up without anyone seeing, snapped the neck of the rooster, and then went home. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, it's apparently that what was she a little did. bit of a stretch. And she doesn't seem like a neck-snapping kind of woman, but there you go. Yeah. And so, anyway, Meg yells, bugger, 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 because she realizes that she has screwed up her own romantic relationship and, um, you know, has caused also unnecessary hurt to a grieving widow. Her decision not to clarify her relationship with Max caused pain to someone who was grieving. And while she maybe had a point in that she shouldn't have had to defend herself, she did owe this woman an explanation. I think that would have been fair. I got the feeling that she didn't remember. She didn't know why. Why he'd left it to her. Yeah, but she she certainly never... Well, I guess at the start she did say to the woman that, oh, I didn't I didn't even hardly know your husband. Like, this is really weird. But once the rumours started flying around, she... I guess her decision not to deny it fueled the widow's suspicion and yeah I think that's true too and she really was kind of like I don't know but then when they're talking about who could have done it I always thought that the revelation of who did it and and why she had the rooster why Max left her the rooster kind of hit her all at once oh yeah that's true why yeah and then she goes and tells the story so she drives out and sees the wife and says you know years ago there was a chook raffle at the pub her and Max had gone in on a ticket and they won. And she said to Max, well, you can't split a frozen chook. And so she gave it to him and he'd never won anything. And it meant a lot to him. And the wife kind of remembers that. And is like, Oh, you know, you know, this is him repaying it. And she kind of realizes now, I think this must not have been a great marriage. If the fact that the husband left Meg a rooster, like the wife is just, obviously didn't trust him very much she's really jumped to the conclusion enough to murder a rooster she seems quite convinced that her husband was stepping out on her but um so i think that relationship had issues before max died but anyway the conversation appears to clear it up between the two women the wife kind of like um, apologizes for murdering a rooster (laughs) um but no one seems to be like too concerned about the rooster i guess this is a bit nasty of her to do but I know, um, she seemed a bit sweet in the end, and she was crying. Yeah, so I, I just I, don't see this lady murdering a rooster or being ashamed I feel of like the it was kind of, I feel like it was kind of um, sweet. And mm-hmm. she feels bad for murdering the rooster, and then she's hugging Meg, which Meg's like, oh, boy. 
uh, Meg is not the compassionate kind. Mm-hmm. But I also thought I could see a husband leaving a rooster to somebody who, who he was having an ongoing kind of joke with. And I think mm-hmm. that's kind of, that's how I read it. Mm. Like, I'm going to leave her this because I, there was never a next time where they went mm-hmm. in together and won a chook together. By the way, chook to the American listeners is a chicken. Yes. Yes. Never heard of it. I had to look it up. <laughs> um, and so that is, that's sort of the end of the, the thing between the widow and Meg there. So we go back to Claire telling Tess all about the situation with Harry and the boys um, and that Claire thinks that Nick knew it was a lie all along. I actually don't think given how his face sort of changed when her back was turned, but she also didn't see that. So she just saw Nick being super cool about it. So I think she thinks that Nick knew all along, but I think she's actually wrong in that assumption. Um, And Tess says, well, yeah, like who would want to think that their dad did that to them? And then Claire talks about, I like this bit of honesty between them, how filthy she was when she learned that Tess got half of Drover's run and that um, because Tess never worked on it. <laughs> now, this is something I do not understand about some people's attitudes towards farm succession. Claire was paid wages during the years that she worked on Drover's run. So the fact that she stays there does not entitle her to a property that she did not purchase. Like, I don't really get it. People seem to do have big hang-ups in the farming community about the kid who stays with the family and works for them gets the property. However, they earn wages that whole time. I don't get why that excludes other people from the will. That's my personal feelings on the issue. I agree with you. Um, but anyway, the girls, the girls come to that same conclusion. You know, Tess is quite understanding and says, I understand that, you know, why that would have upset you. But Claire says, no, dad was right. 50-50 was correct. You're his daughter. Otherwise, we end up like the Ryans. So, yeah, Claire sees the problems that this this kind of situation causes. Um, and she also pulls her trophy back out of the filing cabinet and she's now proud of it. I didn't quite get how this had anything to do with cheating on the, on the, the hay bale race, but it was nice to see. I thought it was now. the trophy from the hay bale race. Yeah, it was. I just didn't get what the farm situation had to do with why it changed her mind on the hay bale race. I but think I thought she it was felt nice. in solidarity because she felt in solidarity with her sister. Oh, and yes, I think she true. was kind of saying, we're in this together. And if mm-hmm. cheating is what well, all if cheating at this hay bale race is all we've done, we're better off than most people. Oh, that's right. She did say that. Yes. Yeah. So yes. I think she kind of feels like uh, dad did the right thing. Mm-hmm. I'm going to trust you here. You did what you had to do um, mm-hmm. to get us a win. Huh, not bad. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, and now our second last scene here, Nick is going on a trip. He hugs his mum goodbye. It's so cute. Nick is so kind to his mum and it's adorable every single time. <laughs> and she says, where are you going? He says, tell dad it's business. He'll understand. And he does a fishtail out of the driveway as he leaves. So we're kind of left, I guess, with the assumption that he's gone to go take another job elsewhere. But I'm curious to see where it goes, what happens. I hope we see more of Nick soon. I hope his new job brings him close to Drover's run, but we'll see what happens. I agree 100%, but it's a good show. Lots of dynamics, um, setting us up to find out what happens in the future. Um, really sweet. Mm-hmm. So our final scene is Meg and Terry are having dinner and uh, they're talking about their big fight and, 
you know, how Terry, I mean, how Meg felt she didn't have to defend herself and Terry kind of saw her point, but then also said, you know, would you rather that I gave up without a fight? Um, and she's like, oh, you think I'm worth fighting for? So I think she finally sort of saw his point of view. I think up until then, I kind of felt like the show was just making out that Terry was being jealous and irrational and that that was bad, which to a degree, yes, but also, you know, you wouldn't think much of him if he just heard that she'd had an affair and he was just like, oh, whatever. Like, yeah, you know, right. That right, would be good. Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it was the affair during our relationship. That's a little different. Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Then ever you really had it clear. like bazillion years ago. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, ever really clear. if he was asking if it had happened, I think he assumed that it had happened while he and Meg were together. But. Yeah. He could have been asking about it before they were together. I don't really know. Anyway, and then and then he thinks that they're eating. He looks at the dinner they're eating and he thinks it's the rooster and he's freaking out. And then she says, no, no, it's rabbit, which I don't know that that's a lot better. I think would, I would have I don't think that's a lot better. I'd rather have eaten the rooster. <laughs> rather yeah, the rooster. Give me the rooster. Poor bunny. <laughs> oh, so final thoughts on this episode, Rachel. Good episode. Nice drama setting up some good family drama. I love family drama. I've always been a fan of family shows and family drama. I like that the girls seem to be bonding a little bit more. Um, and I like that, that Nick is off on an adventure. So where's this going to take us? Yeah. So I guess this one was sort of the mid season break essentially, because then they went to summer TV. And so I guess people spent the summer wondering, I didn't think the show really leaned into, will we never see Nick again? But um because I didn't right. really think of it until I was talking about it. I kind of assumed, oh, we'll just see him in a different capacity. But maybe that was a little bit of a cliffhanger they're aiming for us, wondering, oh, no, how are we going to see Nick in the future? Yeah, they've set up that he might have a job someplace else, but we know he comes back. So yeah. that's the problem yeah. with reruns. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the end of this episode. Thanks for listening, everybody. Rachel, if people want to catch up with you online, where can they find you? rachelhalk.com so you can look for me on facebook twitter and instagram at slash rachel hauck h-a-u-c-k mm-hmm. and jessica where can we find you you can find me at jessica kate writing on facebook and instagram and my website is jessicakatewriting.com my instagram is full of pretty much pictures of movie kisses so if you like to nerd out with me about tv and movie romance and that is the place to be you can also follow the podcast at mcleod's pod on instagram and on facebook so come and check out all the pictures of episodes that we post up there as well sounds lovely awesome. this was fun it was great we'll see you all next episode everybody bye 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 Hey guys, just wanted to say a quick thank you to composer Bobby Abbott for our theme song. If you want to check out more about him, then you can go to Bobby Abbott Music on Facebook and that's Abbott with two B's and two T's. See you all next time.